0: get ready for the world's greatest arsenal podcast welcome to another podcast by guns and yellow ribbons enjoy the show
1: Hello good evening welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons I'm Fergus I'm your host wow what a week 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 uh, for some people's livers for some people's patience uh for to supporting the arsenal uh for people travelling back from Newcastle we'll talk about the, the horrendous journey you had Dan and for Trevor who's not here today because he's got no internet for I think 9 more days and he's in the back of beyond so his phone wouldn't be good enough to to um, use. And he's covered in boxes and tattoos and stuff like that. So yeah, Trevor's not going to be here this week, uh, but we will say good luck in the new house. And uh, Donna, he's in the Ruth Beckwing and we'll just leave him in the Ruth Beckwing. So that's where he belongs. So Alex, uh, you're on your way over here tomorrow Um, in London. uh, Is it a surprise
2: for somebody? Not not anymore. Um, I kept it a secret until a week ago and then i i told my grandpa that i'm taking him uh for the game tomorrow so that will, he was over the moon when i told him and he can't wait for tomorrow so that would be really has good he got a flag? has he got a flag he hasn't got a flag i might need to speak to a certain person um who's good with flags he's got his scarf uh but yeah might be um something he he, he should look into getting a, a, a flag like that
1: so, Dan, it looks like you might have a slightly older DJ in the background telling you the songs to play. <laughs> as long as it ain't a an half and half scarf, I don't really mind. But yeah,
3: it's, oh, it's um, not It's not good for We're a minute in and I've not really agreed with anything you've just said so far. And, uh, and you uh, haven't I, agreed. No, no change there then. I'm not wishing Trevor any luck. He should be here tonight. I don't care what you say. Boxes are no boxes, Trevor. He's left us on our own. And uh, no, I'm not happy with you, Trevor. Well
1: well what it what it does mean is the chat will be very quiet. Okay, not not you guys chat among yourselves by all means, but the amount of um uh, things that will come up the bottom will be limited because I'm getting all the other bits and pieces done as well. So but by all means, if if you guys see a comment, please point it out to me. Um uh, and we'll we'll go back to it if if if, if you want on there. Look, we're gonna look uh briefly back at the West Ham game. Well I'll tell you I, I say we're gonna look back at the West Ham game. We were that far back from the West Ham game. It might as well be about a week ago anyway from where, where we were. Dan, these were our seats. Um it, it's that's not very a, good in the up is Naya, it? Absolutely. <laughs> oh hang on hang on hang on uh, live live from um here we go is he in uh hey.
0: hey boys oh, oh, yeah, just on just cool. Cool. So I'm only coming on for a few minutes just want to just want to say Gary Neville's a knob and then I'm off again to be honest <laughs> 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 yes. well uh, we know yes. you got 50p
1: in your phone in your phone data meter we are just talking about uh, the distance and how far away the West Ham game well I'll tell you what we'll we'll, we'll open with your thoughts on what the West Ham game just a, a brief rundown on what you thought about the West Ham game and then you can stay on for as long as you like because I'll talk to the other guys first what was your what was your expectation good into the game what did you make off the performance and the the lineup
0: and ultimately how did you feel by being knocked out Oh, well, I thought the lineup was good enough to give a better performance than we did. I, I didn't, in a million years, think we were going to lose by that score. It came as a complete shock to me, um, but we're out. You know, um, it was an awful performance from in, from my perspective. Didn't turn up, and we move on. But then we moved on to that debacle, didn't we, on Saturday? So yeah, two bad games, boys, last week. Two bad games that. We've got to put to bed. We've got to put them to bed and, and move on to, to tomorrow night. But it is, a. I mean, I've never seen social media so awash as it has been this last two days with fans talking about um, officials and, and how it's going on. Then the good thing is, and we've all done I've done it, right? I've done it. But it's getting to a stage now where there's less fans laughing, like, you know, say, Man United fans laughing because Arsenal have had a bad decision. That's not happening quite so much now. It seems to be a bit of a United front developing um, that uh, 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 about the standard of the officiating. And uh, decent ex-professionals, decent ex-professionals are standing up and saying it's not good enough. It's professionals that are paid to be on the telly and probably have a script put in their hands and told what they can say are still laughing about it. I'm absolutely fuming. I'm going to have to stop because I could go on all night about it, boys. I'm absolutely fuming about the standard we have dropped to in this country. And I can't believe it's anything other than corruption. It, it, I, I can't believe people have got this bad. I can't. I mean, that goal just sums it up. You can't be sure that the ball's out of play. You can't be sure that the ball's out of play. Uh, right? the, ball's
1: uh, the West Ham game. The West Ham game. Stick to the West Ham game and we'll... If if you stay on there, we will we will come back. To you. We've got to cover the West Ham game briefly because I want to know what people thought, and then we will get into the uh, the Newcastle game. Alex, well, your thoughts on incredible. on the
2: West? Your thoughts of the West Ham game? Um, West Ham game. <laughs> well, I agree with Trevor what he said. Um, our lineup was strong enough to get a better result than than uh, than we got. I think um, it was he was right to rotate some players. Um, good to see Ramsdale in goal. Um, Kiwi all playing, um, then yeah, Vieira came in, Nilsson, Trossard. I mean, they're all good players, and and they should, I mean, they should be good enough to get a result at West Ham, even though they are a good team and it is a, a difficult ground to come to. Um, but I mean, West Ham were just so clinical, they took their chances. Um, they got a, a lucky goal in the first half, maybe should have been ruled out if VAR was, was there, it wasn't, so it didn't. Um, fair enough that the ref didn't spot it. Um, you can live with with those kind of mistakes when there's no var um and then yeah can you? i mean in, i can yeah can you? i think yeah i think can- it's it's easier for me to live with with those kind of mistakes uh, when there's no var uh but when there is and those kind of mistakes still happen that's where it sort of goes wrong for me
0: alex is right folk alex is dead right mate alex is dead right i mean that was an awful goal to- it was a that challenge on on Ramsdale, it was awful. It was it was it was blatant, but you've always got in the back of your head, he's only being watched by one pair of eyes, the ref, and he can't have them everywhere, you know. So you've always got that bit inside your head that says he may not have seen it, which which we've got to accept, and we always did accept, you know. But mm. there's no excuse for the other crap.
1: Dan, um Ben White shouldn't have been heading back towards his goal that way. Overall in that first half, I thought we did dominate bar that uh that that first goal. Uh half time we went, for, went in winning for beers. Great goal by Kudos, uh Kudos, uh for the um I I cocked it up again. Uh, I saw a little rise smile. <laughs> um uh, Kudos and and then a a heavy deflection for the third goal. What was your what were your thoughts on the game and and in and around us?
3: I mean I've got a slightly different view um to the other guys in terms of the officials and var there i'm as frustrated as anyone when it comes to them having an impact on the game um i don't feel like they had an impact on the west Ham game i feel like the impact on that west ham game yeah i feel like the west ham, the impact on that west ham game was because we were poor and i think that's as poor as they've probably seen us for a long long time um I was disappointed. I was disappointed that the squad players that came in didn't make an impact, and they didn't show that they were able to step up to the first team. And I think it's clear why we have so much reliance on our starting eleven because there is a massive drop-off still in the in in the squad. Now, I think we can get away with maybe one or two changes. We're still nowhere near the level where we can make six or seven changes to our starting lineup and expect to be beating a, a half decent, even Premier League team. So. Yeah, it it was it it was awful in my opinion for performance. You can say we dominated. I feel like we, we were in control, but then we had no real threat. Um I'd probably say in terms of the performance we had, the impact that the squad players had, and the fans and the away, and that was probably the worst I've been to in the last couple of years.
1: Mm. Uh, we'll talk about the fans in one second. Um Alan's got a really good point, and which is the point which I thought um surely we should start with a better team and uh, bring on the squad players off the bench afterwards. For example, um, we brought on Wright in the reception he got. Well, I thought I thought the, the hardcore West Ham fans gave him a good reception. The Day Trippers and the Johnny Come Lately fans were the ones that were booing. It was quite mixed around us um, uh, Where w- with regards to the reception. I know it came over on TV as Everybody booed, but they didn't. Um, but it was Odegaard coming on. He did score the, the 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 consolation goal, and now he's out again, injured, and probably won't. He didn't play on Saturday, and probably won't play again. Well, if he's not fit enough to be there, he shouldn't be on the bench. But if he's, he's fit enough there, he should have started and given twenty minutes, go two three uh, goals up, and then take him off. Um, with regards to the fans, I totally agree with you. I was absolutely fuming, and anybody who uh, saw on Twitter that night, I did put a post up. And it started at 60 minutes, Dan, didn't it? 60 minutes down the drain. Arsenal fans walk out of West Ham again. Well, you did that, book. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly,
3: and and, and look, I'm, I'm I'm going to try and be a bit more balanced and a bit objective, right? Because I've spoken to quite a few people that have various opinions on people leaving games. And I fully understand people leaving early to get trains. I fully understand people leaving because they've got other things they have to do in their life and and football for many people isn't their number one priority. Fully understand that. I understand that people pay for their ticket and they all have the right to do what they wish and want to do. For me, it's the manner of the way that people walk out that really frustrates me in that you can walk out at any moment. But when you walk out the second after a goal has gone and your reaction is pretty much, I saw this, I'm off. I don't understand what type of fan you are because you're not a fan. You just, you, you may as well be a day tripper, in, in my opinion, that you react to your club conceding a goal and you want to walk out. It's just not the way that I see being a fan at a football club. For me, you concede and that's the time when fans should be louder. Now, if that happened at like 85, 90 minutes, yeah, I might, I, I might understand a bit more. But 60 this, this minutes is, in. This
1: is not- this is ninety minutes at the lower tier, and you can kind of understand that people try to get out and everything else. But yeah. some of these photographs were you, you, taken earlier. You do have these... to say, Fer, it's not everyone," and
3: and, and let's nope. not put everyone in the same, in, you know, painting with the same brush. Um, and 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 I don't think you can, you know, we don't know the numbers, we don't know who it is that's walking out. I don't think you can just say, you know, it's the people with low credits or it's this type of person or what it is. But an awful lot of people left after that third goal, and, and for me, it's frustrating to to see, mm. and thing oh, It's with... so, like, so, disappointing is people that left I didn't really know it's an impact on the crowd because there was no noise before that let alone when they left so i just yeah I, I don't care it's a wednesday night i don't care that it's an evening game i don't care if it's the Carabao cup with a second string side you've got five and a half thousand away at london derby make a bit of noise
1: yeah, it's a difficult stadium to do it. Trev, we spoke to it briefly just finishing up on the fans thing, and you said especially with the distance that you've got to travel and it's a late kickoff. On uh, I was half seven, so you look at half nine finish at three nil down. You would have said thanks very much, lads. I'm I'm going to try and get an earlier train.
0: Yeah, I'd have been gone. Yeah, no, I'd have been gone because it's West Ham and it's such an horrible hellhole to get out of that with my journey home. I'd have thought three nil down. No one yell up, I'd have been there till the end and probably sat on Kings Cross Station after night, waiting for the first train in the morning. But a three nil, I'd have been gone on my train home.
1: So, I've talked
3: about on that, on that,
0: Trev, would, what would your reaction have
3: been, though? Because I, I can't see you as being a person that says, oh, 3rd goal's gone in, sod it, I'm off. It would have been, okay, do you know what? Maybe it's done, I'm going to get the train back and, and make sure I'm not ridiculously home late because I've got distance to travel. But no, I can't see your reaction be, the Yeah, I mean... Yeah, have the, um, I can't see you having that same reaction saying, sod this, I'm done. Because half of those people haven't got the distance to travel that you have.
0: If we'd have been lost losing 2-0 with 10 minutes to go, I'd have probably got it 2-0, you know. So that's what I do at evening games. I, I like, you know, I get in trouble if I don't get the... And it's not just that. It's, it's it's the places where the stadiums are, you know. And West Ham's horrible journey to get back to King's Cross. So if you don't get out there quick and get on that train at a night game, then I'm not getting home till the like three or four in the morning, you know? So, but it, it for me, it's, I don't know what to say on it. You know, people do what people do. It's gone on for hundreds of years at football and it still will. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't quite, I'm not, I, I get what you say, Dan, because I know what you're like as a fan, right? You're, you're right into it and you're very, very passionate and you've got your views on that. And, and they're good views, but some people are different, Dan, you know? Some people are just different and they're going to disappear off. And that's what happened at West Ham the other night. In- I'll tell you what annoyed me about it, Trev. It was more
1: the, 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 the hoo-ha there is about tickets and ballots and other ballots at the home game, but the away tickets and the amount of people say there's a closed shop and they're entitled to this, that dropped down to five plus tickets. Some people have gone to the first away game. Okay. It wasn't the best away game, but you get the opportunity. As Dan said, Sing. it's not the best ground to get uh, an atmosphere going in, but there was, what do you think of Tottenham flying around and stuff like that? You're thinking, oh, really just, uh, we're I'd talking rather about that than and, nothing. I'd
3: rather that than Yeah, yeah, than.
1: I get that. I, I, I was just, it, it's just if people are that entitled and that that precious that they think they deserve a ticket over somebody else like you, Trevor, Dan, or, or even myself at times who travel up and down the country, and then piss off early, I, it, it just it just didn't sit well with me. That was it. And it, look, listen, everyone's entitled to do what they want to do. So, no. um, New, Newcastle because I know uh, Trev, you want to talk about the Newcastle game. Let's look at the lineup first and foremost. Oh, so, have to, have a, you know, we'll go in a few minutes, Ferg. But yeah, I'd love to talk about Newcastle. Go on, okay Mike. so um we'll we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about the um the goal and stuff um uh, probably I, 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 I we'll go into the the VARs more than anything else i think so um the the lineup was raya was back in goal saliba um uh, right Gabrielle and Tommy asu chosen for right uh, for uh, I, I, I think was was it Le- left back um uh, rice Jorginho, havertz saka martinelli and inkettier um, this midfield, uh, Alex, of Rice, Georginio, and Havertz, was the really the only option we had because Odegaard with that injury that we talked about briefly. Um, so you know, what, what what was your thoughts of that midfield? I don't don't really
2: have much choice, but it's not the most dynamic midfield, is it? Uh, no, but like I feel like when you look at our midfield last season, which was Jorginho, Shaka, and Odegaard, I don't feel like mm. it's. A, a massive downgrade. Um I mean it is a big miss that, that Odegaard wasn't ready for the game. Obviously, disappointing. He he did very well the last season when we went out there, and he is a big player for us. Um but I felt like when you look at when you looked at, at Newcastle squad as well, they were missing eight senior players. I felt like yeah. our midfield should have been good enough to stand up against uh, their team. Mm.
1: Dan, the the game was quite fiery, and it was a very much a battle in the midfield. You could see at seventeen minutes in, uh, Tommyasu won a corner, and you could see him fist pumping on on the pitch. And I thought that was brilliant, just to see the passion. And and, and as the game transpired, overall, I thought that's where there was no real threats coming from any, anywhere. But what did you make of like that, that sort of old fashioned nineteen nineties type type of um, uh, battle? I
3: mean, certainly more so the second half, but the, the the crowd were a lot louder as well in the second half. And I think certain events did did get the crowd up, to be honest with you, um, which I think might have just changed the game a little. But I actually thought until that point, we had a quite a mature performance. I thought we, we went there and tried to slow things down, control the game, not allow things to get out of hand. Um, and I actually thought without penet- penetration, because I think we had none, I thought we actually was quite mature and, and I wasn't unhappy at half time um with how we played. And I actually wasn't too unhappy with how we played for the whole 90 minutes, if I'm totally honest with you. That there are some obvious things that we've lacked. I think Erdegaard being one, Jesus being another. Um we are massively reliant on those two and also massively reliant on the on the two wide men having a good performance. Um and I think it shows without without a decent attacking performance, we do struggle to score goals and, and and win tight games like that but i wasn't massively unhappy i think a lot of people before the game said that they would have taken a draw i must say i wasn't one of those i thought we had to win the game but a lot of people said they would have taken the draw and i think the over, the reaction has been massively over the top and, and this is why i said in the, in the group chats about to everyone stop moaning because i just felt like and, and literally I, I i muted all my chats i stayed off social media because i just couldn't be bothered with a with the um the fallout from the game because we we lost that game by fine margins and those fine margins being the powers that are out of our control that got things horrendously wrong and we've we've been affected because of a poor poor decision a a few poor decisions by by referees and VAR and everybody seems to want to pin a lot of that on Arsenal all the time and, and saying comments such as we've gone backwards or they want to pin it on the rail or they want to pin it on habits they want to make a scapegoat out of someone i don't think we need to make a scapegoat out of anyone in that game i feel like the only scapegoat is var and and, and the referees mm. you know we're, we're, at, we're, we're at a point now where we're only three points off the top we've played man city we've played man united we've played chelsea we've played tottenham we've played newcastle we've had Jesus out with big injuries martinelli has been out of injuries saka missed the game odegaard's missing games Partey's missed games you know Zinchenko's been out for a, for a few games. Let's stop getting on the back of the team and saying that that someone's it's someone's fault within the team or
1: it's Arteta or it's someone. It's not. We're we're doing okay. You know what? I I don't think I don't think there was anybody in that performance on. On Saturday, okay, maybe the forward line was was a bit neutered, and it, I even saw Eddie doing quite a lot of work working back in the first half, in the, in uh, working deeper and trying to do what Jesus does. But there was no little or no service coming up there. But there was one major highlight in the first half, which was the tackle on um, uh, the tackle, the Havertz tackle. I'm going to play it here for a second, and just let's see we uh, what you think, Trev. I'll come to you on it.
0: That's quite. It slowed yeah. down quite a bit there. Go on. i was surprised that i was surprised that he didn't get a red because you know we've we've seen red for tackles like that most of the season. You know you've got to be honest and to say it how you see it. He's an Arsenal player, yeah, and I support the Arsenal, but he's gone in there, and I thought well, I thought this could be the end for him. yeah, this could be a red. And I was quite quite surprised, but pleasantly happy when when he didn't get sent off. I just, you see, I, I agree with most of what Dan says, right? In that it's, I wouldn't have minded Newcastle. When, when I saw the lineup, right? When you see a, a triangle of Havertz, Jorginho and Nketiah, I thought to myself, there's not going to be much dynamism here. We're not going to be, we're not going to be dynamic. We're not going to, we're going to need a one niler here. Yeah? We're going to need Havertz or Jorginho or Nketiah to get one chance and put it away. Cause I, I don't like them three in the same side, but I thought they actually played quite well. And for me, the, this is where I disagree with Dan slightly. For me, I was furious and I was moaning and I was complaining about the nature of the goal, about how the goal was given. I wasn't, I wasn't upset with the way Arsenal played. Um, I think there were certain elements of the t- game that c- we could have done better, but when I saw the lineup, as I said, I thought. I thought to myself, this is going to be a one niler If we're going to win today, we're going to nick a one nil here with that side. Um, but it was the manner of the goal. And we could talk about it all night, you know, that, that I was upset with. Because it wasn't a goal, you know. It wasn't a goal. And I'm so proud of my manager. I'm absolutely chuffed to bits that Arteta is the one that stood you, up.
1: Trev, I, what, what you thought was a red card, then... Alex, did you think it was a red card or did you, did you feel that, uh, like what Beck's Gunner81 says here, he didn't think it was reckless? Uh, yet again, you got
2: Heath, who thought it was a straight red card, his, his feet left the ground. I think it's one where you could argue it's a red card. I think it's quite reckless because, I mean, he isn't really going anywhere and he's come in flying um, habits. I think the contact is quite minimal he's lucky that he didn't really catch him too too much on the tackle but i think i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't have said too much if if he'd given a red card um it it, i mean it it was a reckless challenge and um you could compare it a bit to the one um that the spurs player uh you doggy when yeah yeah, the, the way he went in yesterday and didn't really catch him too much. I think they're quite similar. Um, and I mean... The difference both... with the
1: indoggy one is Ndoggi came with two feet up. Um, yeah. If you look at uh, if you look at Havertz one, he's got one leg going forward to block the shot. The other trailing leg is the one that catches him. I'm not going to play it again
2: because YouTube will uh, snag me for... Yeah. for and uh, I mean, they, they both resulted in yellows. And I think the thing that we want the most is just consistency. And I mean... At least there was consistency in, in that sort of regard. So um mm. yeah, I um, could have been could have been a red. Um lucky it was a yellow, I'd I'd say.
1: And then that, that resulted in a yellow card for Havertz and three yellow cards for Newcastle, which would have been a result <laughs> if we can do that more often. Um also uh the first half, occasionally casualty the first half was um uh, Dan Byrne, he was substituted off and they had some Italian guy uh, uh, to replace him and he had a great game. But the whole game took a turn and it took a nasty turn especially in the second half after that tackle and one of the players linked with Arsenal before he signed for uh, Newcastle was Bruno Gamares. Um, he, how he stayed on the pitch and this was looked at by VAR and Trevor, we are going to do the VAR bit and then let you go. But how this was missed um by VAR, I will never, ever know I, well, Dan shouldn't there's, that there's, mean- a, there's, there's a
3: few things on, on, on that, Ferg I just think, firstly I just want to go back to the Habits one, because I can't disagree anymore with Arnie, the rules do not say it's a red card it isn't a red card, it's intensity, impact and recklessness is what is what they look at, right he's not two-footed he's out of control because he's off the ground but he's gone to block the ball in front of it, and he's trailing and catches him. He's he's a little bit out of control, but it's 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 never a red card. The, the one for me he's lucky with is he makes a second challenge later in the game. He, he should have got a second yellow card, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he makes a second challenge, and that's the one that that I'm very surprised he didn't get one for. But it's never a red card on its own, and it's it's got absolutely no relevance to the um to the tackle yesterday from the doggy because the doggy is completely off off his feet two-footed studs up and regardless of where he catches the guy or not he could seriously harm mm. someone whether doing that he's gone towards a player that that's the red card but,
2: but have him still catches <laughs> him on on his shin like on the middle of his shin
3: no he's he's put, he's put out and his foot hits into him it's completely different as impact going in towards a leg it's his training leg that catches him it's it's just never a red card by by but, anyone but
0: that, that's a like red card many times this season
3: yeah you can't Only say it's never has a red card. Guys stud onto his onto his leg. For example, the Eddie and Ketty one before he got a red card was because he started and roughly landing into a player. This is in front of the guy, and he's, he gets impact from the from the guy's leg into him. It's, 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 so it's just never it. a red card. But. on on the um, on the Bruno one, that that clip you showed doesn't do the situation justice. And this is a, another issue I've got with VAR is if you're looking at that instant on its own where he's got his forearm to his head, yes, you could argue um, a red card, but what shows it as more of a red card for me is the clip just before that, where he's running around like a headless chicken, slides on the ground and misses it, and then goes and gets him in the head. You know, it's, it, mm. the context of that 30-second clip shows that the guy has lost his head and he's just struck out at someone.
1: But and he, he also does it to, to Havertz not long afterwards. He's clearly, clearly lost his head and it, it, it's violent conduct. You know, the rules say... You know, there's no attempt to uh, play the ball. It's, it, you know, it, 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 it. There was neither one of them had the ball at the time, so he should have gone at least for two, uh, two yellow cards, if not two red cards. Um, yeah, I mean Trevor, so. a, a p- opinion on uh, Gamares, um, and and do you want to just get on, or do you just want to get on to the VAR? Because I know
0: you've been chomping at the bit well, over this. You see, it's interesting what Dan's just said and what Alex has just said and what I've just said. It's open to interpretation of of what goes on. But with the benefit of VAR, it shouldn't be like that. All I'm going to say about... I've got to go, folks. but all I'm going to say about VAR is I'm proud of my manager. I'm proud of a few ex-pros that have actually come out and said this isn't a problem for specific teams, specific supporters. This is endemic within the game of football nowadays, right? Mm. I'm very upset with the likes of... I'm going to name them. Lineker, Neville, Karaka... Joking about it, making quips about it, laughing about it. This—it's not a laughing matter. Something's got to be done. It's every week now. We don't talk about games of football. We talk about poor decisions, and the, with the technology they've got, it shouldn't be happening. So, uh, you know, I—I I, I just hope that people listen to Arteta. You know, how, how many times in the last couple of years of us as Arsenal fans been the right side of a, of a um of decision and, and, and thought, Jesus, we got away with that, but we've laughed and took the mickey out, the opposition fans and that, you know, just like Newcastle fans have done to me this week, you know, and you know, that's what happens. We're football fans. We're, we're full of banter, but the time has come now. And our old mate, Kevin Campbell at the nail on the head today, when he said something needs to be done, it's football. That's the problem, not the fans, not, not, not the players. It is officials at football. and, I'm saying this, no-one else has said this, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. When you see decisions like we were subjected to on, on Saturday, I can't think of anything other than corruption or a payoff or something happening. Maybe it doesn't, but but what else can you think of? There's three things that the ball... You know, before Gary Neville done his weaselly bit with a football last night, which was highly embarrassing, charged and embarrassing... We all know that different angles make the ball look in or out, right? So the ball, we don't know about the ball, right? But what we do know, what we do know is that that was an awful foul on on Gabriel. It was a two-handed, proper shove in the back. And, and that's given every game, every day. So why wasn't it given then? Why wasn't that given, that foul there? Don't tell me it's incompetence on behalf of the VAR official, because I won't have it they've all the training all the updates they're full time they're full time officials they're not part time going out doing another job during the week this is their job and they can't get that right so draw your own conclusions guys i've drawn mine i've got to be careful because otherwise i'll get in a lot of trouble but sure, before to you top. go
1: before you go i just think that you and there's a man united pundit um uh, mark goldbridge out there Um, He said this, and I think it echoes very much similar along your lines.
3: decision yesterday. Arteta says it's a disgrace. You've got Neville Carragher saying get on with it. And now you've got Michael Owen saying get on with it, if that's true. Who does the show with Howard Webb? Michael Owen. Who's had Howard Webb on their show? Gary and Jamie. I mean, start opening your eyes to what's actually going on here. There's probably little WhatsApp groups or little messages going round. Look, we need to take the pressure off the PGMOL a bit. They're getting a, a lot of stick here and momentum's building in the fan base. You're really influential. Get out there and start, you know,
0: ridiculing Arteta. Call it, cause a division and they'll all start fighting amongst each other. Yeah, you know, I see it for what it is. You see, it, it, it's, I've not seen that before, but he's absolutely nailed it. It's absolutely nailed it. And just to rub salt in all of our wounds as football fans, fans of football, Sky TV will put Mike Dean on the telly this weekend coming and he'll be telling us how wrong we all are and how useless we all are and that we don't understand the rules of the game. So Sky TV are as much of the problem as anything else. It, it's 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 endemic and it's and it's got to stop because football, I don't want to watch football at the minute. I don't want to watch football. And I've watched football for 60-odd years. I don't want to watch it because I know at the end of the game, I'm not going to be saying, oh, that player had a blinder. What a pleasure it was to watch him. I'm not going to be saying what a great save from that goalkeeper. I'm not going to be saying the fans were amazing today. After every game, I'm thinking the referees won that game for someone. The the official's influence has changed the result. That game wasn't won by the best football-playing team. It was won by a VAR or an official making a decision. And it's almost every bloody game. And it's got to stop. It, we've got to stop it. So we've got to be a, a united front. I don't know how we do it. I'm not that clever. But there is some way of doing it. Maybe, maybe, Dan, you're an intellectual young man, right? You're a clever young man. You need to start up a new referees association. Recruit some referees. Give them some training. And say to the Premier League, here, I've got this group of referees. We ain't going to do no worse than what you've already got. And in fact, we're going to do a lot better. You know, it needs something like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm gutted. I'm, there's an old man. I'm actually gutted. I'm sad for the state of my game that I love. that I spend thousands and thousands of pounds on every year watching. I don't want to watch it anymore. I've never been like that ever in my life. I'm getting emotional here. Because for me, it is emotional. People from outside are ruining my game and they know they're ruining it and they go on television and they say, oh, but we're all right. We did this. Howard Webb comes on and tells us a load of rubbish. You know, as I said, this weekend, Mike Dean will come on and tell us we're all wrong and we're all not in the know. Well, the fact of the matter is us fans are in the know. We're not as stupid as people think. We all know football, you know, and we all know, most of us know at the moment that is very, very wrong somewhere, and it needs changing. It needs changing desperately, because it's all—it's—it's it's just done. It's finished. It's gone. Boys, I'm sorry I ranted. I love you all, but I've got to go because Donna's shouting me from the kitchen. Love you all, boys. Take See care. See you
2: tomorrow, Trev. See, you, See
0: later.
3: you later. Cheers. Well, I was well, just okay. saying, I'm very sorry, but if um if if anyone wants to offer me some Saudi money, I know said. Um, Trevor said about setting up a referees association, but I would be open to some Saudi money in referees,
2: <laughs> some funding. Uh,
1: so we had um, it was sixty-five minutes in, and uh, there was is was one 0 to uh, uh, to Newcastle. Um, let's look at the three uh, the, the three offside uh, decisions. So the first one is the uh, ball out of play. So we can see it there and see it a little bit closer up. Um we saw the little video clip that Gary Neville did on TV and I just played a version of that where the, uh, because of the camera angle, the convecture of the ball may show that um, it was uh, touching the line so therefore would have been in play. So would you be both agree that if it, if you can't prove it definitively if it went out of play, you need to stick with the on-field decision in that one? Would we Would we say that's correct? 100%.
2: Yes, yeah, but okay. I'll, I'll I'll have to say like, how haven't they got the technology to determine whether the ball is in or out when they've got it on the goal line? Why haven't they got it on, like, on the whole pitch? Because we've seen uh, it multiple yeah. times now this season where they haven't really been able to conclude whether the ball is in and out. It's, I mean, to, to um, be honest, Alex,
3: I um I had a similar thought the other day, and I was sitting there thinking they can they can ping a line across for an offside. Why can't they ping a line across for the, the edge of the line and the edge of the ball? I don't know if they do it. Or, B, or like just BN, the
2: Hawkeye technology or whatever it's called.
1: Well, BN Sports uh, done a, a computer model of it and they had it that it was like a Nats crack away from uh, it. was It was it was in. Yeah. So, I mean, which... my, my opinion is actually that the ball was still in play.
2: Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I, um, I, yeah.
1: What, Watching it live, I thought the ball... I went, oh, that's going to... Oh, Christ, he kept that in. That's that's tight. <laughs> I, I, if if we'd got uh, the goal disallowed because of that and only that, I would have thought, oh, we got lucky on that one. Um, mm. the, the, the next one I want to look at, because I think it's probably easier to discuss, um, is this, the offside. Now, um, what I can see here is the ball on top of... Is that... Um, uh, uh Celsa's Joe... head.
2: Uh, is it Joe Linton? Joe Linton. Yeah,
1: Joe Linton. Joe Linton's head. And and you see Gordon opposite. Gordon is behind Raya, Um And therefore, there's only one Arsenal defender in the box. So one would have thought that that would say it's offside. Well, it, it depends we because if the
3: players behind the ball, then he's not offside. Irrelevant of how many players are actually behind. So for me, that's actually still onside because the ball's played...
1: Effectively to a guy that's behind the ball.
2: Yeah, it's, it's whether he's not behind the not ball. George, long, George,
1: George, what about Joe Linton though? Is he is he not uh, offside?
3: Well, you, you have to see when the ball is played because that picture, I guess, shows it where it comes off of Joe Linton as opposed to when it's crossed. So it's mm. a very different picture. I mean, yeah, my, my opinion is from Joe Linton it's played back. um I'd like to see closer if it's anyone's hand or anything like that, but again, the pictures are quite unclear. Um, again, with the offside. If you can't physically draw a line and you can't get a, a definitive answer then i can understand why they've not done it what i don't understand is why there's not enough camera angles in the premier league ground to be able to show from all angles a 360 again and ping a line exactly where it is and make sure he's behind the ball now yeah my, my, my opinion is still that he's, he's actually on side but you, you can't tell which is frustrating um i, I don't see the, the, the biggest frustration here, Ferg, and I said this for the Spurs game last night as well, is that I guarantee you at the Spurs-Chelsea game, not a single fan in that stadium had a clue what was going on. Same as not a single one of our fans in the Newcastle ground really understood what the issue was. He came up and said checking offside or, you know, checking ball out of play, checking this, but no, no one really had a clue. Why, why can't they be showing us those pictures in the ground? Why can't they have different camera angles where the fan experience is actually what they promised all those years ago in COVID? There is this...
1: There is a. They did say that, and I keep on repeating that. It's a bit like um, Van Persie getting the yellow card for kicking the ball after the after the whistle. I see it done time after time after ten time, and never see it done again. But the thing with this offside one. It's a very easy solution and we've got it, we had it in guitar. we've got it in the Premier, in the Champions League uh, and, and you've got it in other leagues around Europe, which is the semi-automated offside. That would have come along flagged up, you need to double-check this. But th- th- that might not even have been a discussion point because it would have picked up and gone, no, nope, it's onside and they wouldn't even have to debate that. Yeah. But
3: the, the fact of the matter is both those decisions are completely irrelevant because there's only one thing they should be checking and it's 100% a foul, a push in the back. And i guarantee you at every single corner that's given as a foul but because there's a goal involved all of a sudden they've not given a foul it's it's a ridiculous decision i I don't think anyone that actually watches the game could disagree and say that's not a foul he's got a straight arm two hands pushed in his back and he's pushed him off balance it's a foul it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, there, there is no other opinion. I'm not, I'm not going to accept anyone's opinion. That is a foul by the letter of the law, by any game I've ever seen now in previous years. In any year of the Premier League, that is a foul. That's not changed in the last three, four or five years. That is a foul all day long. It always has been.
1: Now, you can hear it when you listen to the comment commentary team. And I know for a fact that the the referee feed is given to the commentators. I was... Uh, fortunate enough whether we're talking about t-shirt lines and so on i was privy to a meeting where they were talking about um changes to var after the first season and so on and um, was pre-covid and you ca- what you can hear going on we hear some of the clips that are done on that monthly uh one there that howard webb uh makes up some stories about um but you can hear the, the commentators talking about oh they're looking at a foul and then they go, oh, but, yeah, he's 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 heading forward to cover Raya because Raya's positioning, which we can talk about as well. Um, but uh, he's covering Raya, and he, he has ducked to, co- to cover for Raya's absentee between the sticks, but he's then pushed down further. Alex, what's, what, what, what's your thoughts
2: on, on it, and how did you feel at the time? Got it, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I mean... I've seen what, what the refs said um, as well. And apparently the, the the thing they said was he's got two hands in his back, but it wasn't a shove or something like that, uh, which is just nonsense. Because, I mean, like Dan said, um, by the letter of the law, it's a foul. Um, we discussed earlier with Havertz and yeah, okay, that's that's a bit more subjective, but this is objectively a foul. You can't say otherwise. I mean... It's it has to be given as a foul. I can't see why. And yeah, I mean, oh, it's just frustrating. And it and especially when it's a game where it's balance, balancing, balancing, um, and it's come down to fine fine margins. Um, it just makes it even more frustrating. And yeah, I think ball out of play. Um, that's a difficult one. Offside. Yeah. Okay. Right. But this one you can't argue. It's a foul. <laughs> Yes. I mean,
3: what do they, they think he was doing, Alex? Do you think they, he was giving him a nice little massage? Like, I don't understand what VAR are actually looking for there. The guy jumped. And, and even if it's not from a bent elbow to a straight elbow, if your arm's out straight and you're jumping and you lean forward and you put pressure on the player, mm-hmm. it's a foul. The, the, there's yeah, I mean, about, no way about it. Uh, and, 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 it's a, and it's a decision that's completely changed, not just the result of that game, not just loss as a point, but also just the impact on the negativity around the club and the fan base for me yeah. is bigger than just that point. Yeah.
1: yeah and there was a handball in there. There see. was a
3: handball in there as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. And, I
3: said, you know, they, they should be looking at that as well. And, and has it touched his arm or not? Um uh, Yeah. The, I the only reason I'm not highlighting those is because there should be no need to even look at any of those other decisions other than. I agree.
1: Team. I agree. Um, I, I, I do find that a lot of fans on social media say no we were robbed we lost three points. We didn't. We were never gonna get three points in that game. There was eight added minutes at the end of that game. And to be honest, I think if you bought eighty added minutes at the end of that game, um I don't think we still would have scored. Let's let's talk about um some individual performances. So if we if we look up top, um not digging anybody out, but Eddie and Saka in particular had very, very, very quiet games. Martinelli I thought he tried very very hard but just nothing really came off from him. I did say earlier uh, the service that was coming up to them wasn't the best service in the world Alex your thoughts on on, on the forward mid and the attacking midfield forward sort of area
2: yeah I think um I, ha- I had to watch the game back because I couldn't watch it on on the Saturday live so um I'd seen all the reactions from the fans and um saw loads of people digging out uh, especially Eddie um and yeah I'd he didn't have his his best game, and but I agree, like he didn't have much service, and I think Saka Saka didn't have have a very good game. Um, he got into a lot of good positions, um, uh, but every time he just did, he looked a bit off. Um, and as you said, Martinelli, he he always keeps going with his um, with t- taking on players, and um, and yeah, but yeah, just not the best game. And like you said, I didn't feel like we were we was ever going to score even. Even though there would have been 80 minutes added on, um, I think Havertz showed a lot of tenacity in midfield. Um, I think he he's becoming better at receiving the ball, turning and running into space, and he did that a couple of times, um, which was good at the new in the Newcastle game. Um, I think he had a good performance, and I like that, even though it was a bit dangerous, and he probably should have been sent off um, if not the first, then the the second challenge, which Dan talked about. Um I like the fight and the and the willingness you saw in, in him and the the fire. Um I think a lot of people um were complaining about his body language in the first games. I think we, we all saw in that game um that he's not just a lazy player. Um so that was good to see. I think Rice again had a good game. Um Jorginho, not his best game, but um but yeah, Rice played very well. Um but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a draw for me. It should have been a draw and it's just frustrating.
1: Mm. Uh, uh, James makes a comment in on Facebook saying, you know, the game would have been more open if the if the goal wasn't scored. Yes, it was. But to be honest, uh, James, even before that point, I didn't see Newcastle really getting many opportunities to score, never mind Arsenal. I think the stats on BBC are 0, zero shots on target. If you go on to most publications is that, the, the stats I took out of the Guardian... Um, say there was one shot on target and you can see on the um uh, the are uh, uh, there like we had more shots uh, on goal overall we had more possession overall we had more corners overall um you know and they committed more fouls so uh, I think it wasn't a bad performance uh, there the corners um than uh, had three in a row couldn't get it past the first post. You know, surely we should be looking at somebody else taking those corners, then.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't know about someone else taking them. I, I do believe that there are there are tactics that they try and have on on set pieces of where to aim, where not to. I think against a side like Newcastle that are quite a tall, physical side, good in the air, it's difficult. Um, I, I do agree with you. I, I don't think we lost three points. I think we lost a point. Um, I think overall, I was quite pleased with how we played from our box and the middle third. I think when we got in the final third as a team, we wasn't good enough, and I don't think you can really dig out any individuals on that. I think as an attacking unit, we were quite we were quite poor. Um, but I agree with you, Alex. I, I, I think people want to dig out certain individuals, and you want people want to. And I'm not going to keep jumping on with Kyle Havertz. I thought I, he wasn't the worst player on that pitch, for us. I we think it was good his things. best
1: performance for Arsenal um, to date. I think he did a lot yeah, of good things. Argue, yeah.
3: People people want to call out Raya and say out of position. Without the VAR issue, it's another clean sheet for, for the guy. Should have been another clean sheet. Um But that's not the unit, first unit, time got he's stuck in the, I,
1: the second best defence in the league. That's not the first time Ray has done that. And, you know, it, 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 it's it, it's a schoolboy error to, like, you know, a goalkeeper should stay within their, the, the, depending a, a ball coming in from that sort of area, he should stay within his near side post at least. You know, the, for him to, to to leave that that area, and he's done it before he came from, uh, I, I think he got caught in should that he, sort of position. Should when, he, should he
3: Mon- be in the centre of the goal? For me, he should be covering not his the post when we get to
1: that angle. No, he, but he had gone past his post. He should be still within his post. All think. listen. All the experts on 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 uh, on telly and everything else were saying that his position was poor and have called him out. And again, everybody, including myself and many other Arsenal fans, are saying I cannot see the difference between him and um, and Ramsdale, and I don't see why we've got the disruption and why we're um, why we're we're actually playing the guy.
3: I mean, it might be con- controversial, yeah, a but performance I think the Rams out did on oh, Wednesday. It, yeah, R- R- Raya had a better performance Saturday than R- Rams did on Wednesday. But but I people think- want to dig out Raya. Uh, I, I just I, I'm not going to pick one and say it has to be this, it has to be that. Like I just think people are picking things for for absolutely no reason. It's like they they want a reason for us not to have won that game. They want to pin it on a player, or they want to pin it on the, a decision from a manager, or or something. It, th- there isn't that reason for me. And and yeah. As I said, Ramsdale's performance on Wednesday wasn't good, in my opinion. But I'm, I'm not going to dig him out for it. But I don't think Raya mm. deserves to be dug out for his performance on Saturday either.
1: OK. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um- Again, James says, would I be saying that about Havertz if he had been sent off for a a reckless tackle? To be honest, I still think, I thought the tackle was still reckless. I don't think it was a red card. It wasn't a red card. I did think I would have substituted him and taken him off uh, earlier and I wouldn't have left him on um, for the whole game. Uh, but that was obviously a psychological thing that, that that Arteta did because he did look like a man possessed. So he he did have his flaws. Well, I think it still was one of his better games that he's had for, for Arsenal uh, since signing. Um, after the game, well, there was substitutions: Zinni, Trossard and Vieira came on for Ben White, Eddie and Jorginho. As I said, eight minutes uh, added. Could have been 80. Wouldn't make a difference after the game. Uh, all hell broke loose. This man had a, said what he thought. They to lose the match playing in the ground and then we didn't lose the match because of the, the clear and obvious decisions. It's embarrassing. It's a disgrace. That's what it is, a disgrace. Will you be taking this up with PGMOL? Yeah, we've been taking it for many months. It's so much at stake. We put so many hours. I'm here to represent the football club and to get my team to compete at the highest level. The margin are so small. It's a disgrace. It's embarrassing. That's how I feel
2: alex yeah i mean he kept his cool during the match um didn't get a yellow card um i think he just had to let it all out and understandably uh it must be so frustrating being interviewed after a match like that uh and have to keep your emotions and not say anything so you might get banned or anything i can fully understand why he had to let it out it I mean it was the, it was a frustrating match and as he said it was a disgrace uh, there's so much at stake um it's the supposedly world's best league it's the best paid league um for sure so we just need to get the best referees as well and we haven't at the moment um and yeah um I get why opposition fans um got a bit on the back of the club cuz we don't want a scenario where every club goes out after they've had a decision go against them and come out with a statement. We want all the clubs work together um, against PGMOL um, to get this changed. And I sort of get why fans get annoyed because every club has had decis- decisions like that go against them um, now. And um, we just need to... I mean, the clubs just need to work together instead of coming out individually uh, every time after an error. Um, so yeah, I sort of get the backlash in a way, but um, I think he was entitled to have his rant after that performance from the ref. And I'm glad that the club backed him as well. Hmm.
1: Dan, your your views on, on Arteta's statement, the manner he made it in, the tone he used, and also the statement that the club have made. I don't know about
3: you guys, but I don't think he was um, losing his temper or anything like that in the press no. conference. I think he was quite calm when he said it. And I think he was absolutely spot on with what he said. I'm very, very glad that the club have come out and supported him because I think he's absolutely spot on. And, and the only way I can sort of tie it back into anything is that imagine in, in any relationship in life, whether it's friends, partner or something, there's only so many times you can keep accepting apologies, right? And people saying sorry for something. There comes a time when you just have enough. And you end that relationship or you find another solution you can't just keep accepting apologies and 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 as you said there's so much at stake for this for what goes on in the premier league so much money involved and we just have to put up with an apology every week and, and and it's all okay and we move on it's not okay the standard is not high enough and an apology doesn't doesn't make up for that it doesn't make up for the fan week in week out spending the amount of money they do traveling the amount of miles they do to see such a poor level of officiating in 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 the premier league or or in any league it's, it's, it's not acceptable and i keep going back to it of what they said during covid that football's nothing without the fans it's, it's about time they proved it and they actually improved the experience for the fan and ultimately getting the right decision and, and they can't do that. Well,
1: the point they? of VAR is to, to, to stop those situations that I used to face when I made a decision on here, got into the dressing room, looked at my phone, and thought, oh, my goodness, how have I missed that? That shouldn't happen now. Uh, the VAR's there, that safety net, but... What I don't want is situations where you know, there's some situations that could split opinions 60-40, not only in the public, for you guys, for the players, the coaches, also for the officials. And one VAR in one week will recommend a review, and in the same week, a different one won't. I think that would create a situation where people lose faith in what it's for.
2: Has anyone lost faith? <laughs> I think we all have, haven't we? <laughs> Listen, the thing is,
1: like, we're, OK, we're an Arsenal podcast. And um, that's fine. We're having a moan up about the VAR decisions at Newcastle. Um, But this isn't the first game. It was in the first game of the season for Man United. There's been Wolves-Brighton. Last night was an absolute joke. um, There was 21 additional minutes played in last night's game. As you said, as a fan in the stadium, it was awful. I sat here uh, watching it and... um, I could just hear like uh, everyone just the murmur of the whole atmosphere dies down uh, that Van der Ven pulled his hamstring. I'm sure it's down to the stop, start, stop, start, warm, down, cool. And, uh, it, 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 can't be, it can't be good for the, for, for the players. It's not good for the atmosphere. It's not good for the game. I actually am a fan of VAR in principle. I just do not like the way VAR has been operated um, in, 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 in practice. Uh, I
3: think you've... I'd like to see it completely in the control of the referee. And you know what? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind so much if there was more short stops where the referee says, I want to have a little look at that, or show me this or show me that off on the big screen, and like a you know, a 10-15-second clip like stoppage like they do in rugby, maybe. But I'd like to get to a point where it's more common for the referees to say, nope, not gonna not gonna change my decision. As opposed to, you know, every time they go to the screen, ninety-nine percent of the time it gets it gets changed, and and have the ref in control, have someone in his ear saying you might want to check this. Fine, but the referee controls the game. And I said before, like, I don't like Chelsea fans, I don't like Spurs fans, but that must have been absolutely horrendous for any fans sitting in that stadium, as we just said. And um, it's it's just not good enough. Mm. I, do you know what? No, I, also I know. believe, so just one more thing on that. I genuinely believe that there is an element of they want to create drama because it sells a package worldwide, and it really wouldn't surprise me if they do this on purpose to create talking points around the world for people watching. Global. I don't know if
2: I don't know if Ferg can pull up the picture I've just sent to him, but that kind of um, talks into what you just said. Then, because um, in the morning the Premier League posted a picture, um sort of. Um, I don't. I don't know if you can get it up, Ferg. He,
3: he, he does struggle with that, Alex. You know that. I
2: know. Alex, I know. You,
1: you you do you do give him ammunition, don't you? Every bloody time. Every bloody time. <laughs> it's working. Put... It's working. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we'll it's talk up. About pe- it's up. Dan, we'll talk about penetration later if you want. Um so <laughs> yeah,
2: go on <laughs> I mean it just it just shows like it seems like the Premier League they're proud of of the way the game unfolded yesterday. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The the whole shit show where, yeah. I mean, like, oh, disallowed goals. Oh, red cards. It's like they're proud of creating drama and 25 added minutes. I mean, all the fans are sick and tired of it. Can I
1: recommend that anybody who's got a friend who's a Tottenham fan as a birthday uses this... Uh, for a moon pig photograph for the next birthday card, <laughs> to send to them. I think we would be absolutely priceless. Um, guys, I suppose we've got to move on because we'll run out of time otherwise. Uh, tomorrow night, a uh, very big game. Uh, Arsenal face Sevilla. Uh, it's the fourth uh, group stage game. We played them a couple of weeks ago out in Sevilla in the pouring rain. It looks like we'll pour- play them again in the pouring rain. Arsenal are on six points with two wins topping the group ahead of Lands and Sevilla are, without a win, on two points in third spots. Um, what are we expecting? Um, a win, we qualify. Uh, okay, doesn't know where we qualify, first or second, but probably first. Um, so we do need t- to get a win, and then that puts it all down to the PSV game, and that puts us at the top of the group. Uh, no Jesus, uh, because of his hamstring, probably no Odegaard at the minute.
2: And uh Alex, you said, possibly no, Eddie, yeah, I mean, at least he didn't train today, so um, I think it'll be a late fitness test to determine whether he's gonna be in the squad or not. um, so yeah, we're definitely lacking offensive firepower with, with all those three, uh if they're gonna be out um but I mean we've got the we've got the players, and we, I mean, they've had so many chances now, all these fringe players of the squad. I think it's time they finally step up and put on put in a good performance. Um, so I'd really love to see that tomorrow.
1: Dan, do you see any penetration in the forward line um, uh, at Arsenal? <laughs>
3: I must say, uh, I don't <laughs> see many many uh, things from the weekend. From what you're referring to, I, I don't remember anything after the game finished. So I don't know what you're. On I'm
1: about. not. I'm, I'm talking about Sevilla yeah. game. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> I've lost my track. I don't know what I'm talking about now. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen. Uh... Getting on in here, ferg. God me, eat. I need to turn me. A bit, um, I I think it's a very key game tomorrow for for a number of reasons. Right, one we. <laughs> <laughs> oh god got man that one to get, get rid of him bring back firm come on <laughs> i i think tomorrow is a i'll be professional out of all of us don't worry um tomorrow's a key game we need to get back on a winning run so you know two losses not good enough for a club of our size we need to get back on and start winning um and also i would really really like to see us qualify early in first place and not to have to have anything in that December game against PSV and honestly if we finish top I would completely change the team in, in December because December's when the fixtures really do pile up, um, we've got a big Christmas um, fixture to sort of pile up as well so let's just get it done early, win this game, win the long game at home and make sure we qualify in first and can have a little bit of a sort of feet up moment in, uh, in PSV.
1: So, do you go with um, your preferred keeper in Raya or do you try Ramsdale uh, on tomorrow? I
3: I don't want to keep repeating our ground because it's, no, it's, a diff- no. it's a difficult one. But I, I do agree with people that say I don't know what Ramsdale has done to be dropped yet. And even yeah. though I think Raya is the better keeper, I'm surprised he's become number one this early. So I, I could see it either way. Um, the, the truth is, I don't care who plays and go out the two of them because I, I think they're both good keepers. So if they picked one or the other, I it wouldn't bother me. I do think you go with the strongest
1: possible lineup um, for this game, whoever is fit. Yeah, because I think we got a lesser a lesser game against Burnley on, on Saturday, which does really help. It would be it would be more difficult if we said. Uh, Top five, top six side that we had to play on 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 Saturday. Um, uh, Alex, your thoughts on how would you how would you set up on on Wednesday, and then what what sort of prediction are you thinking of?
2: Yeah, I agree. We have to go the strongest possible. Um, in regards to the goal goalkeeping situation, I feel like has put himself in a spot where he almost can't drop Raya now because it will just create even more drama around the whole situation. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, we've got to go with our strongest squad. It's important that we put ourselves in the best position uh, possible uh, in regards to qualifying for the next round and getting that top spot so we um, get matched against um, a number two seed. Um, But I feel like one of the key decisions tomorrow will be who's going to play up front as the striker. Um, It could be Havertz, it could be Martinelli. We've seen Trossard play there last season a couple of times so it'll be interesting to see whether he goes with one of those three um but yeah I, th- I feel like back four sort of picks itself tommy yasu now um has sort of claimed that first spot uh in in the in the, on the left back against the the big teams and then Saliba and gabriel ben white um rice Jorginho, and then probably Havertz and then Martinelli, um, Trossard and, and Saka up front.
1: No, it's Smith-Rowe. Smith-Rowe's out injured again, Dan, so no sign him. him. Um, Alex, what, what what sort of scoreline are you hoping or,
2: or thinking we'll get? Well, hopefully the players are going to be hungry to sort of kick back after two losses in a row and sort of prove that we are heading in the right direction and, and um, yeah, and There's so much up for grabs for them as well. It's Champions League. Um, I hope we'll go back and get a 3-0 win. Um, Mm. I don't think Sevilla are that good. And especially when they're going to be away from home, it's going to be um, more difficult for them. They're really struggling in the the, um, National League. Um, So, I mean, we should be able to get a win against them. Uh, I just hope we show up tomorrow and that we're more clinical in the boxes as well and don't concede.
1: Yeah, um, Dan, a prediction and then we'll talk Burnley.
3: Yeah, t- t- honestly, I, I pretty much agree with um, with Alex. I think we'll see a similar performance, hopefully, to what we did against PSV. I'm going to go with, I think, 3-0. Um, I think, like Alex said, Sevilla has not been great in their domestic league current form. They are notoriously better at home as well. um, makes a big impact, but us at home, home team, need a bounce back. So, 3-0.
1: Yeah, I, I think I got two 0 Arsenal for for that one. I I think, um, Dan, it's going to be a difficult one on Saturday. Hopefully, um, the result goes the right way tomorrow night, and we get a positive spin and some positive vibes going through the stadium. We saw how difficult it was to get the crowd going, and how you know against Sheffield. Um, Last weekend, um, it's going to be the same, although it's a three o'clock uh, Saturday kickoff, um, It still will be the same. It's going to be a tough, tough old gig. Um, we do need that win tomorrow night to make sure that we're going in there with a positive vibe, because otherwise it, the doom doom, doom and gloom naysayers are going to be out, aren't they? We'll just do what we do, and
3: we'll go in with a positive vibe, as we always do, and uh, the others can have their own vibe if they want, but that's not going to be my vibe. The only thing you can well, do, we do is- have. Is set your set your own standard and if everyone wants to do what they want they can do what they want it's it's down to the luck of the draw who gets the ballot who doesn't what type of fan turns up what time doesn't you can only do what you can do but maybe maybe we have been sport recently in terms of atmosphere and and the last few years have been a massive improvement so onwards and upwards yeah
1: we have a special guest uh speech um hopefully we're going to meet up on um on Saturday. Uh, so uh, he knows the pub we go to and he knows to meet us at Block 5. So hopefully we'll see you in, in the stadium or beforehand, uh, Arnie. It'd be good to, to say hello and finally meet you because you say enough in the chat. <laughs> have a good um, trip, Arnie. Uh, have a good trip. Enjoy it. and take lots of photos and uh, put them up on Facebook and everywhere else that we can, we can see them. Um, predictions for Saturday then. What are we thinking Saturday? Alex, I'll let you go first on Saturday's prediction. Well
2: hopefully we we'll get that 3-0 win um tomorrow and we'll be able to go into the game with momentum and we should be able to get a comfortable victory against Burnley um which would send us in to the national uh international break with uh, good vibes as we <laughs> we just spoke about um and I mean we should we should really be able to get a, a comfortable win against Burnley they've they've struggled this this uh beginning of the season um and yeah I'll go with a with a 2-0 comfortable victory against Burnley.
3: I'm going to go a that, bit more than and a bit more than 2-0. Um we should be beating them very comfortable and I'm expecting yeah I, I was going to say hopefully. I'm expecting a Sheffield United type result.
2: I'd
1: love that. Yeah. I- I'm going 5-0. I know it sounds ridiculous, but 4-0, 5-0. We've got to be keeping a clean sheet against them. I like Vincent Kompany. I like what he does, but I think he's been suicidal trying to play real (laughs) football with Burnley uh, in the Premier League. Uh, I watched the documentary on Sky. It's not a bad documentary. Um, It's a bit interesting. I find it more interesting because I I quite like him and I think think he would be a great manager one day. We don't have no Trev. So we're not going to do um we're not going to we're not going to do um a North London forever we're going to do this one You know what to do on Saturday and tomorrow night if you around Black Five that's one of the songs that we're going to be singing uh, we'll see you there guys um, thanks very much uh, I know it's been a bit hot and bothered up there in the hot seat but you know when you're not seat, you're going to take the pressure down I hope you can cope next time I'm not going <laughs> to buy it
0: thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons, and remember to rate and review us too. of the Arsenal.